Welcome back to season three of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and I almost forgot my own name today. Yeah. (laughs) And with me today, I got my co-host, Janelle Wheeler. Hey, everybody. And of course, over there in his cut, Mr. Matthew Aguilar. What up, everybody? We're going to give your place a name like the Geek Cave or something like that. I mean, it does need it. It's so majestic. Mine needs more. It's so well built. Like, I'm not even trying to compete. Yeah, I'm going the total opposite. I got some like feng shui. I got like my Bob Marley plant back there now. Like, yeah. Oh, I love it. I know. I love how Kofi's changes like every. Like every week, it's always According like it's always to what got his one. Kids like to play with. Well, yeah, it's really it's just a sign school, of right? madness that we're coming up on a year of me just being like locked in the house. So I'm trying to like change whatever I can to make it feel feel like I'm somewhere different, maybe more tropical. But uh, my problems are not what this show is about. So let's talk about what we're here today to kind of discuss. We are going to get into, of course, some finale predictions for WandaVision. The end is coming up this week. Woo! Lot to talk about there. So we got to get into what has happened and what we think is going to happen. We're also going to talk about DC's Superman movie reboot and what's going on with that and who's involved with that. Plus, we're not going to just be talking about that on the DC front. We have a whole new universe of DC to get into with yeah. the Infinite Frontier reboot, the latest DC Comics universe reboot, if you're uh, keeping track of all of those. And we will be joined today by none other than the Mandalorian star, Battlestar Galactica star, Katie Sackhoff, who sat down with our very own Star Wars expert, Mr. Patrick Wolfman. And we got to talk to her, and she will be talking with you guys. Well, not with you directly, but you guys get to see her talk about the future of her Star Wars role. Great setup for that interview. Killing it. <laughs> Can't remember my own name. Setting up interviews. We are just rolling here in season three. All right. But uh, let's get into what we're here to talk about. First, we're going to start with Superman. So uh, in a move, I don't think any of us really saw coming like right about now. I mean, I, I, I would have thought maybe like after in a couple weeks after uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League was out mm-hmm. and kind of had done its thing. We'd hear some more about this. But uh, no, now's the time. Warner Brothers has announced that we are getting a new Superman movie. And uh, the creative team, nobody, nobody would have probably predicted uh, with all the tarot cards on planet Earth. But uh, (laughs) we're getting acclaimed writer and accomplished comic book writer Ta-Nehisi Coates is going to be uh, teaming up with J.J. Abrams for a Superman movie. Um, And... We have heard in addition since then, because I was kind of careful about how all this information kind of like sparsed out and like making sure we kept track of it. But uh, yeah, no, we are now hearing reports that it will also introduce a black version of Superman. So naturally, that's a possibly very triggering grenade for some people. But uh, I thought we could get in there and kind of dig into what all that means, because we don't know a lot yet. And there are people who have immediately freaked out, of course, about the race thing. We all know how this all works by now. But um, but of course, of other questions like the future of Henry Cavill, Superman, is this a sign of the end and all of that. So I thought we'd just take a minute and kind of break this whole thing down. So, yeah, Ta-Nehisi Coates, J.J. Abrams, they're bringing us a new Superman movie. Warner Brothers is going to be kind of kicking this off. And like I said, there is reports that we're going to have a black Superman and this is kind of just to ground this in some comic book context. This wouldn't necessarily just be a 
simple race change to Kal-El. I mean, that's one of the questions in front of us, right? Mm-hmm. Because there are well-established black Superman in DC Comics lore. Uh, mm-hmm. Two of the most obvious, of course, are Val Zod and uh, President Superman Calvin Ellis, who are, like I said, they who are rocks. not only... Yeah. Um, he rocks. Yeah. And both have kind of come out and stood on their own. And I think Calvin Ellis is still like, has been featured. I think it's going to come into our DC frontier conversations in this whole kind of multiverse thing. Right. So they are out there and you could do it. And I think the question that, and I think a lot of people kind of see somebody like Ta-Nehisi Coates attached to this, who wrote uh, between the world and me, this, uh, you know, this very famous book about kind of racial injustice and the black experience and all this stuff. And they automatically assume this is going to be that kind of movie, but uh, first of all, guys, that's the bad assumption because Ta-Nehisi Coates, as we said, is also a, an accomplished comic book writer. He wrote Black Panther for a very famous run, and he's been working with Mar- I mean, on Marvel's Captain America. And it's not like he just like made reintroduced it Black Captain America. It was actually Steve Rogers, and he mm-hmm. had a story to tell. And it's actually been a pretty interesting story if you've cared to check it out. So, like, let's just settle down a little bit and see how this goes, because there are a lot of interesting ways this could You're go. You're telling the internet to settle down. I tell the <laughs> internet to settle down all the time. I, I, like, I don't care. I just uh, I try to, like, do one of those Gandalf staff things, like, you know, uh, like, stop the madness. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And so, I mean, and so there are a lot of ways. We don't know that Henry Cavill's gone yet. I mean, there is... To, there's a lot of ways to tell a story in which Henry Cavill meets one of these other characters, right? Right. Which yes. I think would satisfy a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that directly leads from like your your thing of settle down, right? Is that there's still a lot of unknowns. Right. And yes, we are going to have a black Superman, but nowhere in the articles, the original reports or anything like that, say that that is the only Superman. It just says we are going to have a Black a, Superman. A black Superman, yeah. Exactly. So they they're very careful. Yeah. PR is always careful to word things, right? That's intentional a lot of times. Um, so there are so many options open. So, I mean, yes, I have a love for Henry Cavill's Superman as well. Um, and I adore his take on Superman and still feel like he hasn't had the perfect launching pad. Um, Coates in his Black Panther run while it's probably a little too long. <laughs> it's like really long. Uh, I will say he is so good at world building that Black Panther's world has just increased like three times what it was. And and Black Panther's world was already pretty big and intricate, but he's expanded it in so many unique ways in his run. And his Captain America run did some really novel things with that character without, like Kofi said, really messing with the tapestry of like who Steve Rogers is. None of that really changed. He just kind of changed the world around him and how he adapts to it. So if you can apply that to Superman, that's money. Like, I I think that's, that's great. And especially if you can bring that to Superman and maybe still have Cavill involved. I mean, all the Superman we're talking about are from different earths. One's from Earth 2, the other's from, I always forget where Calvin's from. Is it Earth? It's like Earth 23. <laughs> I always yeah, forget which yeah, one that is. There's so many Earths. Hey, um, there's now infinite. You don't got to worry about that, baby. <laughs> he's from infinite. a Earth. Uh, Tying but, it up with a bow. But Love I think the, if DC would just, like, if, if this is a step in that whole we're embracing the multiverse aspect, we don't have to necessarily connect everything and like it all takes place in the same world and we can have some fun with that and still have them cross cool 
do that. And you can give us so many more interesting stories without having to do this thing that like the MCU has taken on and successfully done, but it's complicated. And every time we have a new thing added, you have to do all this other stuff to make sure it works. Oh, and yeah. if DC does this the right way, you don't necessarily have to do that all the time, which is nice. Yeah. We have a couple uh, comments. One of them is Alex is asking, will this movie be canon to the DCEU? Oh, that is so far above our pay grade. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I asked you guys. I don't even I didn't know answer. what that even means after, after <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League in the Flash movie. I have no idea what that I even I would means. say as much so as all the others. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, Marco Strzok said after the popularity of Miles Morales, I bet they're clamoring to make the same revival of Superman. And I think that's on the money. I think mm -hmm. if I'm guessing what's going through like Warner Brothers head and what they can do, you know, I don't think that Warner Brothers came through 2020 and was like, all right, we're going through big social change. We're just flipping <laughs> Superman. I think it's more like they saw the money and the spread and the merchandise that Sony got from Spider-Verse, which is the mm -hmm. key. And this is there. So you can do a Spider-Verse Superman, right? Where with a little bit more seriousness and kind of real world sociopolitical commentary, but essentially the same concept. Henry Cavill Superman meets other Superman and there is this kind of weird clash and especially when things like you know race and how they're received by the world and what their journey has been either it's kind of like you know a Val Zod who's had a tougher life or a Calvin who's kind of overcome a lot and become like president and this ultimate symbol like whatever you want to go with right and you can do this kind of spider-verse kind of meeting of these two different supermen who have had two different experiences and introduce this new superman who appeals to this whole new demo without losing the original superman and that old demo and you get all the monies which yeah. is what mm -hmm. companies want all the monies <laughs> and i i saw a, a question uh, and i'm trying now because things keep strolling by uh i think it's okay austin r talks about and, and it's it's a good point i i don't this is not, none of this is for sure, right? This is half of this is conjecture. We have no idea what the plan is, but I do actually think you can keep Cavill and embrace this multiverse aspect because like Kofi said, there is room. I know people think there's not, but there's room for more than one of a lot of these characters. We literally just watched Future State introduce two more Wonder Women into the mix and there's plenty of room for all and they're three. good yeah they're good they're really great good characters mm -hmm. marvel has proven this in their universe too there is enough room for different variations of characters as long as they are fully fleshed out in their own right and you do it the right way dc doesn't have to explain like let the snyder cut i know there's like things of like well is is the multiverse open or is it whatever just embrace the fact that you've already established that joker is its, its own thing mm -hmm. snyder universe is in its own thing Aquaman and Wonder Woman like are kind of connected, but not. So just run with that. Don't yeah. you can be vague. It's okay. You don't have to explain every single thing. Just run with it. Whatever works, run with that. You can have all these different little universes, and people will gravitate to what they gravitate to. You don't as have long to as it's done well. If yes. it's done well, we will watch it. We will embrace it. We will love it. I think yeah. that's the bottom line. Like I feel like the people that are true fans and and love this community that we have here with comic books and movies and all of these things like if you if it's well done it speaks for itself you don't even have to argue all of these other points and that's where we have gotten into trouble with dc movies and films because some of them have not been well done and that's the complaint it's i if if people want to keep like bringing in all of these other like side 
upset moments about like, oh, well, Henry never got his moment. And like, that's, I get that. That's frustrating. But would you rather not have any Superman at all going forward? Because I want more content. Like I want more storylines. I want to see Superman on the big screen. Like we don't even, we don't know yet. It could be so many different things. And I'm really excited about it. I like the prospect of a new Superman a lot because I wasn't happy with some of the stuff that was produced before. And that's, that's the truth. You stop it. You stop it. You will not come on this podcast and bad mouth Superman. Snyder. I knew he was coming. I love support, Henry. Well, you support Snyder Joker. I will not allow it. I know. I, I touche. I do love Henry. I would love to see more, but I'm also like content with more content. Just give me more of everything. Oh, All right. Great. So <laughs> I think what we're saying in summation here is we still need more information, but there are a lot of ways yeah. to do this that doesn't really make anybody mad and gets more of the monies for Warner Brothers. So, That's the bottom line, isn't it? Yeah. Always. Just yeah, the isn't it? Oh, just the monies. All right. Stone so. Cold said so. <laughs> I'm sorry. You said that's the bottom line. I have to stick that in there. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome, Cup. Uh, that's what you're here for, buddy. You're a breath of life. All right. Moving on, let's talk WandaVision because people have been uh, asking us to hop onto it. So let's get to it. WandaVision. So our uh, spoilers, we're going to be doing spoilers for WandaVision. Richard's already there, my man, with the... Uh, yeah, he didn't even need a cue. He just does. Literally, the you new know. episode is is like a day away if you haven't watched the, the most recent episode like we're the safest podcast live podcast we really are like point. for wandavision and we're trying we try to respect it we're trying yeah. to like to, to help you guys out all right so <laughs> spoilers for wandavision penultimate episode um this i think may be my favorite episode of the show so far uh i thought it was excellent and really well done in terms of both deepening Scarlet Witch as a character, or so I'm. Hey, you know what? I'm using it, Scarlet Witch, um, as a character, and kind of filling in some really big blanks of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we've experienced, while kind of like in a really good way. Uh, so this whole kind of Agnes taking her back through her past, and it tied up a lot. And, and even though a lot of people maybe didn't realize, but it did tie up a lot of things. So I, I thought it was just really well done and, and kind of linked together all the subtle things from the commercials to fake Pietro or Fetro or what do they call him to exactly kind of taking this large scale Marvel mysticism and magic and keeping it grounded in Wanda's emotional story. Um, and, and very well done. What we're going to get with this finale, uh, I don't think we've done the article yet, and maybe I'll do it as soon as I finish recording this, but um, one thing I didn't like is for this finale is for for the great character depth this show has done, we're back in one of these kind of classic Marvel situations where we're, the MCU always does this, where we're having a finale where it's basically the heroes are facing their own dark reflections, right? Like, Wanda's got to face a bad witch. Vision's got to face evil vision. Like, mm -hmm. this is a thing. So, classic MCU. Um, so, I know we'll get some of that kind of just facing your dark reflection stuff. But um, what do you guys think is going to happen in this finale? How will it all turn out? And will there be any more big reveals, do you think? And what will it be? Fair 
better be a big reveal. <laughs> I better get Dr. Strange. I don't, I'm just so passionate. If I don't get strange, I am going to do a backflip and, and then land in a very bad way. I'm very upset. I don't know what that was. I'm, I would be so upset if I didn't get strange in this. And I'm not talking strange in a post credit scene. Like I need Dr. Strange in this episode. It's what I need. It's not necessarily what I think might happen. Um, I definitely think obviously there's going to be a, a, a huge battle between white vision. And I personally, my prediction is that white vision will become our vision somehow. I think that Wanda is going to find a way to use the body of white vision and use her projection of vision's soul. However, we want to talk about that personality memories and put them together. And that is how we're going to get vision in the MCU going forward. I think that he will be in other projects and make other appearances. And that's, that's my biggest prediction is that we will walk out of here with vision back. I don't want him to die. Please don't, please don't take vision away from me. I've gotten so attached by reading these <laughs> comics. <laughs> I love it. Anissa's the same way, by the way. She's, she's like, if I don't, I love she's, so she's much. become a Dr. Strange fan. She watched the movie. She yes. got fully in. She is on team strange with Janelle. So yes. that is the thing. Um, so for me, uh, I really just, I, I feel like this is going to be with, with only an hour to cover this last episode covered a lot, filled in a lot of, holes i'm trying to be positive i'm trying to stay positive <laughs> i don't want to dip into negative things so i will say that like it filled in some some things but like there's still a lot to cover as far as the actual like story how this like if there's a big bad which we assume there is because we feel most uh, most people feel like nightmare is the one behind all this and that will lead into dr strange i'm too, still right? mephisto so I I think so. you're all wrong. I've been building the Kang Amortis theory since no, the beginning, God, the and I, I mean, will be turned out to not be right. It's, it's not, <laughs> it, it won't be Kang. It will be Amortis, but Kang and Amortis uh, are the same person. Let just Mark let Nightmare word. have some shine. Let Nightmare have some shine <laughs> and launch into the sequel. But I feel like I think I there's feel, room for both. Actually, agreed. I, I do think there's room for both. I in an hour though to pay off this particular arc i don't i don't think there's i don't know if there's enough time for that but so wait you said put it into the sequel are we saying that that we're actually getting a season two no dr strange two. Oh my gosh because okay. i, I like we had lot... a couple people in the chat say oh season next season i'm like no there is no next season so like olsen has even said i think it was olsen anyway um mm -hmm. who said you know like this is going to end in a way that is going to leave an impact on people as far as this particular story. But it's I think there's going to be a lot of unanswered questions that will lead into the Doctor Strange sequel because she is involved, because there's a lot of interesting tethers there that I want to see them build on when they actually have time to do it. Yeah. Um, so I don't actually think we're going to get, we're, we're not going to get a lot of stuff, I feel anyway, wrapped up in the bow that we are kind of used to. Um, I, I think this leans more towards like, Infinity War as opposed to like Endgame where like everything is tied. I think there's going to be some other things, but I think that's good. Um, I just want to see Monica get, I just want to see her name. I don't need to see Boss costume out. or anything like that. I just want to see like whether it's Spectrum or Photon. It's going to be Spectrum. <laughs> I, it better be Spectrum. They've already anyway. kind of, I mean, it, but if, like, if you go with the one scene of her powers, like right. obviously they're setting up somebody who would make sense to be called Spectre. Yes, but then of course they've also stuck like the homage to her mom and all that stuff in there. So like it's split. She's used both, so I mean either is fine. But 
I hoping for spectrum. So I was just hoping for a little more there. Um, you know, well, we'll see. I, I agree. I feel like Kofi's right when it comes to the MCU villains of like facing their cells. What I will say though, is that like, I also feel like that's just kind of a part of a lot of superhero stories in the comics in general too. Like there's a lot of that. There's a lot of the hero gets a villain that is kind of like them in some way. I mean, even if you look at half of Spider-Man's enemies, no, they're not Spider-Man spider based even though like venom is and like like that but like a lot of them are just insects or animals like it doesn't derive very far from the core character so that's prevalent in a lot of superhero stuff Mm -hmm. so i can't necessarily hammer i only hammer on this one because this was the one that could have turned it a little bit different true and then we get literal magic user and white version of vision like this is the most probably never predicted the white vision thing i was so thrown off when they threw that in there i was like completely shocked i screamed i love white i think white vision is so freaking cool like i want to wear it i mean here's what i get to think is going to happen i think we're going to get here's what you're going to get i think the immortus thing i'm right but i'm usually right like years ahead of time so i think that's gonna be a longer reveal they'll be hinted that that sword was up because you got to answer why was sword after vision and making this white vision and what's Mm -hmm. their ultimate purpose i think that's going to have to do with immortus and manipulating this whole thing they're taking that from the comics to cause this whole situation in westview to activate wanda's powers to get kickstart the creation of these twins to do all this stuff and, and to make her realize who she really is um I think that this incident is going to open the door to something like Nightmare or Mephisto or something for Doctor Strange 2 as an immediate an immediate villain. I think that Wanda will be Agatha and but she'll have to also face kind of Vision, who I call now Soul Vision, you know, the good vision she created and kind of have to have Scarlet that emotional, Vision. Yeah, Scarlet Vision. <laughs> have to kind of have that emotional confrontation as well. And she gets reminded that she is a hero and she is this better person in not trapped by all these dark things that happened to her. Cause that's what vision has always been there to do kind of lift her up out of that dark cloud place. And so then she, but I think it'll get skewed because instead of thinking like, okay, well, instead of just making this little bubble to fix the world for me, maybe I can fix the world for basically everybody. Cause there's more people suffering than me and I could fix the world for everybody. Or right. or something happens, or Agatha, or ha- Agatha trick or triggers something in her that she can't control anymore, and all of reality begins to fritz out, you know, as a result. It's which gonna be huge. Which will lead into Doctor Strange two, and Doctor Strange two in kind of having to address order magic. Why is Doctor Strange just magic different? How can it fix this? Why you know, and what comes lurking out of the depths when Wanda spazzes out with reality? like what kind of bad things come crawling out of whatever dimensions. Right. And that's a nightmare or somebody like that. So yeah, I think that's about, and I think in the end, our finale, like our kind of leftover epilogue will be that soul vision has to be destroyed. So Wanda can move on, but white vision will like the comics will end up not being a killer robot by the end of the episode. And we'll just be a blank slate. And that will be, vision back but not being back right so you'll kind of have that see i was with you on that because that is obviously the place that like it would make most sense to go but that would make a lot more of an impact if we didn't just do that with gamora like we Mm -hmm. literally just did the same thing of hey we're gonna take this other version that like has no memories of those 
connections and you're going to have to rebuild it. We just did that. So like Matt, it's taken some of the impact out of what this. No, that's was. why I think nah, Vision's that was be like back. years and like body. several timelines ago when we were all. In has one it has world. it been followed up on? No, no. I mean, so it's, it's still an active storyline, and we're gonna see that in Guardians three, and then we're gonna go, and then everybody's gonna go. Well, we just like isn't that the same as Wandavision? Because everyone has the memory of a freaking turn up and like only remembers things that happened two months ago. I'm <laughs> saying that is the thing that is out there. And I, to me, I agree with you, but I know the derivative. MCU. Will they do something so repetitive? I mean, they they might, but I'm going to be a little disappointed. I hope that they if that is the case. Yeah. I need some kind of twist on that because otherwise, it's the exact same story, and you're just it. Yeah, but anyway, I have. Those, I will say this was Austin, the most. I'm sorry, uh, commenter Austin R said. Uh, he points out and reminds us. One part from the comments that could be interesting twist for the MCU is if they give White Vision somebody else's brainwaves, mm-hmm. um, somebody else they may have on file. That could be uh, that could be really interesting. I like mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne's comment because he says he agrees with me. <laughs> I like Mario's comment because. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> um, also, I see you, uh, Cap stands uh, in the comments. I will say if if Bree does show up, I will also. Lose my, I will lose my mind. Uh, I don't think that's happening, but I will lose my because they're they're going to save that obviously for Captain Marvel two. But Taylor Paris is going to be in that, and I am stoked. So yes, I see. Yes. I like uh. Mario isn't here. I saw a theory that Agatha's bunny was Doctor Strange, and Mario giggles. But literally, I I have bought into this so much because of one of the comics that Matt had me read when I first started really getting into Doctor Strange in the comics. He was he went uh, he had to leave his body on his plane, and he actually went into that of a rat. And he was in the sewers, like scurrying around, trying to survive as his body was being completely like ripped apart and taken away from him. And I, I could totally see that Agatha is like forcing Strange, like forcing the cicada in Strange's mouth and torturing him. You have to remember in this episode, one of the biggest moments to me that got overlooked was when Agatha did her big reveal as Agnes and she goes to the bunny and she says something like, she didn't know it was us. Like we both, like she's clearly that bunny is something because she she said we Dude, us. Okay, this is where I got to step in. We're going to go to- She didn't say me. We got it. People, it is t- Marvel people. It is time to start to shut down some of these finer <laughs> theories. Here's my theory, like, though. You asked for what I think theories. is going to happen. I, I think I Bunny is either Doctor Strange or Mephisto. That's my prediction. And Vision's coming back. Boom. Okay. Um, <laughs> I I think the Bunny being Mephisto is is possible. I don't know about the Doctor Strange. I think we got it. I'm just trying to work Doctor Strange, Strange into the story. We can start packing in the aerospace engineer. No, it's not Quicksilver from the X Men universe. People are still going on about this. They told you straight up. He's not. He was yeah. there. He was created. It's some dude Agatha possessed just to try to get information out of Wanda. This episode was all about the fact that this whole game was Agatha trying to get out of Wanda. What was the secret of her magic power? That was it. And so yep. she created Petro to, as a psychological tool. What if it's Confirmed. a crossover Stop with Monty it. Python and the Holy Grail? You know what? The we're, mean buddy. You know what? <laughs> we're going to pay some bills. Then we're going to come back and we're going to break down DC Infinite Universe and talk to Katie Sackoff. Don't miss any of that.
I am still shaking my head comment. about the last comment. About the last <laughs> comments, but we're gonna move on from WandaVision and we're gonna see final question about WandaVision. And this is kind of a link question, so we'll link them. How many of these theories do you guys think will go unanswered? And will fans be satisfied and feel overall that this show was a success? What do you guys think? I think too many will not be answered, which is so great because when we first started this podcast, I looked at our show notes that Kofi wrote. And he goes, how many will go unanswered and how many fans are going to be pissed off? I, I completely think so many people are going to get it wrong. I've gotten every episode wrong, basically. So I don't don't put too much uh, stock in my my thoughts. But my hopes and my desires are that everything will have a bow on top. But it seems like they're avoiding that. They don't really... They, they have their plan of action and they're going to follow it. Just because all the, the fan theories aren't coming true doesn't mean we won't be satisfied, though. So I know that I've already been very satisfied with the show, even though none of my theories have been right. <laughs> so I'm very I like the show regardless. It's awesome. Matt. Um, I think it's going to be it's probably going to be divisive because just because of the nature of the way that it's going to flow into the next movie. I don't think they'll answer everything. I think there will be some, some actual, like at least one shocking reveal that they really just reveal and then don't touch on like, Hey, it's, Hey, we, here it is. And then bye. Like, I really think that's going to happen at least with one aspect of that finale. So I think just inherently uh, that's going to be divisive and people aren't going to love that. It's gonna be some um, massive shock, and then Kevin Feige steps out and be like, "We want to come back to the theater now." Right, right. He's going like I feel like this is a way a to build. I mean, they've said this all along. Like these things are supposed to weave in between the movies and actually add credible backstory and links. Right. So this would be a way to do it, and so I think it's going to be divisive. Uh, I think I think obviously I don't know how you cannot say it's a success, even if you're like me who doesn't love the show like everybody else does. Um, I, I mean, how can you argue that it's not a success? It's it's done so well week to week. Uh, it's proven that, you know, Marvel can do a television series just as well as it can do a film and mm -hmm. they can do different things. Like there are so many aspects to that. I don't. Yeah, it's a success. Uh, whether you love it or not is to each their own. But um, I think, yeah. How can you argue not? Okay, that sounds like it's a pin in it. I don't even know how to, no rebuttal over here. Um, all right, <laughs> one division success. We're going to see how much of this, what happens with the finale. I'm glad we are not the podcast on Friday. That's all I'm going to oh say. Oh my gosh, That I would agree. be Brendan Davis and Faye Zero. So <laughs> your disappointment in WandaVision over there. All right, moving right along to what we love to do here, comics. Let's talk about this week's big release on DC side, uh, DC Infinite Frontier. Um, if you guys haven't been keeping track, we had another multiverse crisis in Dark Knight's death metal, which kind of led to a vision of the near future in the DC universe in January and February with DC Future State, which we have been kind of breaking down real deep here on the show. And it's all culminated in this new, once again, a new another DC Comics universe reboot in DC Infinite Frontier. Matt, tell us what we got with this. Uh, well, so what I what I actually love about Infinite Frontier number zero is, and it's one of those things where it's its strength and its weakness. Uh, we've talked a bit about anthologies on this show, where like you know it's it's hit or miss, and and here this is very much a using wonder. And by the way, spoilers: 
incoming. Bow, bow, bow. Spoilers for this book. So if you haven't read it yet, uh, and it is Wednesday, so if you haven't read it yet, uh, take a sec and then come back, <laughs> okay, we'll, and we'll talk other things. But um, using Wonder Woman because she's of course kind of ascended from death metal at the end of that. Uh, and then Feature State kind of came in between. And now we're seeing what's happened to her. She's getting this macro level view of the DC universe now that the possibilities are kind of unlocked. There's unlimited universes out there. The multiverse is repaired. But of course, there's some other things that come with it. So we're getting this grand look. So because of that, it's like quick snippets of... You know, we get a little bit of, we see Superman's world and we see Batman and we see like what's going on with the Green Lanterns and we see Tita. We get all these little glimpses. So as a kind of, you're only, you're always going to like find a couple things that you like in there. And you're probably going to find a couple things that are like disposable to you because for whatever reason, you just didn't gravitate towards them. So as a whole issue, I can understand why some might not like it as a standalone issue. Because again, it's, it's just really a looking glass. It's not. It, it has a bookended story, but it's kind of different in that way. What I enjoyed about it, though, is that kind of going to your point before, this is not really a reboot in the in the sense of the word that we've seen with like the crises before and all those things. This is not really in the New 52 and Rebirth, the most apt title ever. This is not really that. It's just kind of a, you know, we see how some of the threads from Future State have kind of woven into some of the things, especially in Batman's world. We, we're seeing the beginning of that build uh, and they're taking things that work. Like Yara is is in here, Nubia, uh, there's roles for her, but like we're not, nothing like the grand part of the universe is still the same. Like most of these characters are still kind of intact from when we saw them before future state. And that's a possible future. So I really like that it's not breaking everything and we're actually just seeing bits and pieces of this world. Um, I would ask the same question after we're kind of, we'll talk a little bit about the issue itself, but then I kind of would pose the same thing we talked about with WandaVision of like, was this worth it? And did it, was it a success? Um, but, you know, kind of starting with um, just like the issue as a whole, you know, Janelle, what did you, was there a story that stuck out to you? Was there something you got excited about? Like, what was the thing that stuck out to you? What was the thing you didn't like most? Uh, things that stuck out to me are anything Future State because I've, you know, I started with Future State with you guys reading. And so anything related to that, I'm just kind of like, oh, hey guys, I recognize you. We're good. We're friends. <laughs> uh, Yara specifically. And, um, you know, it honestly... I want to go into this really open-minded because I didn't really know what I was getting into when I first started reading it is it's like 60 something pages and uh, it's a lot of information to take in. I understand that that's like, that's a, a perp. That's what they did on purpose. I almost felt like but until the very, very last few pages, I thought that it was just like a beginner's guide to understand where we're going and, mm -hmm. and not, real storylines that I should like sink my teeth into or get excited about because obviously it's just a little tiny teaser. Some of them are actually important. Some of them you're just kind of like, wait, what, why, why did we even check in on these people? Yeah. But then at the end of this book, when they show this villainous creature coming in and I don't want to spoil too much, but at the very end of it, it all kind of, the, the, now I understand where we're going. We have a villain and it's an extremely powerful villain to take out who he took out. <laughs> and now I'm intrigued. I want to know. Then it felt like a comic book. It didn't yeah. just feel like some vocabulary list 
of, hey, look, here's other characters. And we're pretending like we're showing Wonder Woman what's going on. But we're really just trying to get you interested in these people. Yeah, we're trying to get so. you to understand what's happening. And I yeah. mean, this is very much a handbook style. It was a handbook. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah, and much. But luckily, they threw in that twist at the end. And yeah. it did catch me. And I was like, okay, I want to know, who is this guy? Is this going to be in like in every story? Is this like an oh, is it a king and black situation? No, okay. Kofi's shaking his head. No, you won't Kofi see him. Again. I don't think you'll see him again for a while. Uh, that okay. was good old. That was good old dark side. And uh, you know what I do? Uh, okay, I was trying not first to. First of all, if you don't. Yeah, jeez, Kofi. She I, walked around it so much. Uh, like, dark yeah, side. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I mean, telling people that there's a DC universe where Dark Side is a villain is like the least spoilery thing that has happened. <laughs> yeah, not false. Um, <laughs> yeah. So basically, I will say this is very much a DC zero issue. If you don't know mm -hmm. that kind of in kind of hit or miss tradition. Uh, this is a zero issue, so it was literally just like a window shop preview of what the entire new universe is. Um, I like some of the things. I think it's like DC Future State. I like some of the stuff. Mm -hmm. I like where the Batman series is headed. I like how they've taken Jonathan Kent and added this kind of ominous thing over him. Like, yeah, he may not turn out. Yeah, that's a very good turn. Like... Superman's son is cool right now, but there's something that Spectre senses that says this kid may not turn out to be so cool in the future. That's interesting to me. Um, I think the Green Lantern series is still off for me. Like, I still am not I'm like so super excited into about it. I was, uh, that was I the one that stood out. I was like, I wasn't into it. Yeah. I'm kind of interested to see an updated JSA in the Stargirl stuff. I mean, I'm not going to read that, but I mean, I, I mean, it's interesting part of the lore. I'm very interested in the Yara and Nubia Wonder Woman stuff. Um, yeah. And I mean, and so there's, there's enough there and there's enough with like, you know, that these things mix into like a Batman Superman and you know what it, the next Batman still around and like all this other stuff that I'm kind of interested to see in main DC continuity. Um, and I like the idea of the kind of overall the infinite multiverse. Now we don't have to play with these crazy numbers and we can basically pull anything out of a hat. DC can literally do anything. And now there's no, they don't have to fix all this old mm -hmm. continuity stuff, which is just, that's great. Because we can literally do anything now. So, um, yeah. yeah. It unlocks the chains of editorial to yeah. go like, well, this is where we are here. Like, no, if it existed, it happened. You can play with it. It's on its own thing. You don't have to mess with that. I, mean, I will say, you know, the, the stories that stuck out to me, I, I agree. I, I think the Batman uh, part, seeing how the magistrate is building, seeing that Scarecrow is the, you know, like <laughs> the mayor and the one behind it is, is interesting. Um seeing how uh green lantern stuck out to me more because i love i love teen lantern uh and i love that dynamic i also just like that it explained where half the other lanterns are i was like oh jess is over here kyle's over here like that whole thing i'm actually interested to see what jeffrey thorne can do with that book um the other big thing was actually uh the fact that nubia was like essentially is now queen of the Amazons mm -hmm. was a really interesting thing because Hippolyta is going to be in the Justice League, uh, part of Brian Bendis's Justice League. So, like, because she's the now, tremendous Bo Katan, uh, because she's 
That's just a little teaser if you guys want to know. We got Katie's back on. Um, that was awesome. Uh, because she's now a member of the Justice League, like putting her into that spot is really smart to me because it gives her a spotlight. And then you can still do stuff with Yara and Wonder Woman. Diana is still part of the mix. So, like, again, we were talking about this earlier. You can find ways to put multiple characters kind of in the same family and still give them their own shine. Uh, I like the Jonathan Kent thing mostly because I was like, that came out of left field for me. Uh, so that was, you know, really interesting to see that. Um, I will say the one that surprised me was Titans Academy. I'm actually stoked for that book. Uh, that book is actually coming later. And the same thing for Janelle, who's kind of excited about the future state stuff. There is a future state Gotham book that is coming Ooh. in about another month and a half, two months. And that will literally pick up future state in Gotham where it left off. So oh, nice. Jason Todd, you will see the Oracle and like the Batgirls, all that stuff is being continued in its own series. So it's, I really find like the stuff they're doing here. I did, I agree with Janelle though. It's like when the first or second page has the quintessence as the people you're meeting, it's like, oh, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot to throw at someone, anyone, even a long I like, time. I dug that part. But yes, this, but there's just a so, lot of story. You have so many questions. You're like, who the hell is that? You know, yes. like who Phantom Stranger is. Like, yeah, no I, one had had to you. Modern, I had to I'm actually just... look up who the modern quintessence was. Because I didn't know like Hera was in it. And I was like, what? And I, knew, I mean, I knew who they were from old DC stories, but I was like, uh, okay. Yeah, um, it's but, a uh, they're the gods. That's all you got to know. That's exactly. what I figured. I didn't know more. So and, too um, much about that. I, I will say just as a final thing, because we got to move on, because now that we're out, of, let the cat out of the bag. We're going to be doing Katie Sackoff is coming up. So, uh, yeah, Let's, we're going to get to that after our next book. But um, I will say that I love the very meta speech from Darkseid at the end about him just saying like, yo, I've been nerfed too many times. I've been retconned too many times. Like enough of that. Awesome. Like it's DC. I'm the big bad, like the end, like as is all any, like as is all, whatever reboot you're doing ends, it's going to end with me. Okay? I love that. Like, there it is. And so I hope they take their time because we don't need a new other reboot next year. So I hope they take their time and build up to like this. I call him finite dark side. Cause that's what he calls himself. He's like, you know, screw this infinite crap. I am the end. Like it's just finite. So um, I hope they slow burn up to that. And I'm happy to see him as just the big bad of the DC universe like he should be. Uh, so that's DC Infinite Frontier. Matt, what was our other book? Our other book was a little bit of Marvel. Uh, and America Chavez, Made in the USA, number one, uh, is the book we're going to focus on on the Marvel side. America is a, I, I'm very comfortable saying fan favorite. Uh, she is a, as a favorite, especially like for people who have been reading some of the West Coast Avenger stuff and even some of the Young Avenger stuff she's been a part of. Um, so she's getting her own mini series here. I'm I'm curious because we haven't on the show anyway covered a lot of books that America's involved in. Uh, right. I don't actually know if we've covered one <laughs> she's involved in. Not actually. since I've been here. Yeah. So um, you know, I'm actually kind of curious because this is a this issue kind of works as a introduction because every the I feel like the foundation of comics is every issue is someone's first. And so it does need to do some establishing of that, which is always tricky in 22 pages. But I thought mm -hmm. this issue actually did a pretty decent job of um, showing you a bit of the stuff that we already know about her backstory and where she came from, but also adding some new elements to her family dynamic when she was discovered here. Um, it presents this new enemy that is still rather mysterious. Um, and it also gives you some of the flavor that fans love, which is like 
her personality, you know, her interactions with her girlfriend, uh, Kate Bishop pops up, Spider-Man pops up, which is actually one of my favorite sequences in the entire issue. So, you know, for your first exposure to the characters, you know, what do you think? I mean, beautifully said, you wrapped it up great. I mean, as an introduction to America, I love her. I love her character. I love uh, how I love that they showed her beginnings. You know, she washed up on a shore. She was taken in by a family um, after losing her mom's. Like, I, I know all of this just from reading this one comic about her. So that is amazing that I have that backstory. Um, I A couple things I really want to understand is why she w left her family, like why she doesn't want to be around them in New York and she was in LA. Um, and I love seeing the relationship with her girlfriend. I love seeing the friendship that she has um, with Kate Bishop. And it's the artwork is really, really lovely. They do such a good a job of depicting these women in a way that I like to see. Like they're not just wearing these like crazy boob push up, like, <laughs> you know, it, it's, just, it's just relatable. You know, it just felt good to read. And, um, I thought they did a good job. <laughs> I don't know who the villain is, but I, I feel like it's her brother or something. I don't know. It's, I'm just very curious. The way they left it off at the mm -hmm. end, I do want to read it. I do want to know where it's going, and I think they did a good job. And now I'm actually interested to go check out some of the, the books that she was previously in. Sure. See, and that's the whole point. Yeah, See, that's how it's supposed to happen. That that's great to hear. Uh, Kofi, what do you think? Uh, I have a weird hole, just like where America Chavez just doesn't like land or resonate with me as a character as much. And this book, while I thought it was well done as a book and as a character like launch book, I thought it was well done. Uh, I mean, I'm just not going to be something I I would check out or be interested yeah. in like and it's not just her character story or anything it's just like her powers i don't and she just has a character um she's not my favorite you don't like her shooting stars through things <laughs> I, I don't i don't like the name i don't it like the powers and, and it, it makes it hard and i think she's an interesting character yeah um but like yeah it's just not for me that makes sense i will just say i am basking right now in the sheer Latin amazingness that is going on right now. As Supergirl, like, oh my God, I got like, America's got her own book. Jessica Cruz is like on top of things. It's good. It's, it's a good time. That's all. I'm just saying. Hey, hey, take that victory lap, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we right. had vibe for years. <laughs> Give us something. No, all right. So that'll do it for these Marvel DC books. Uh, we recommend you check them out both, especially uh, if you guys are looking for a good reentry into DC. Uh, Infinite Frontier is a great place to do it, I guess. All right. Moving right along, we're going to hop from DC over to Star Wars. So we have an interview with. Katie Sackhoff, star of The Mandalorian, who plays Bo-Katan Kryze, the only real actor uh, to go from both the animated Star Wars universe and the live-action Star Wars universe. So she has a unique perspective that few have, and she's just awesome geek culture fan favorite. So we had Patrick Kavanaugh go out and talk with her, Patrick the Wolfman Kavanaugh. And here's that interview now. We're here, of course, to talk about the tremendous Bo-Katan and your work as Bo-Katan. <sighs> and I was wondering, you know, uh, fans have been wanting to see this happen for, for such a long time. And for you personally, what was the timeline of, of finding out that you got 
to be in this part? Was it like as soon as you found out the TV series was happening, you know, Dave sent you a text like just get ready? Or was it, you know, hey, tomorrow keep your schedule clear because we need you on set? You know, it was so funny. So I was, I was at Celebration when they were announcing at Celebration our last season of Clone Wars. Um, and they were also, I think, there for Mandalorian. And I remember saying to him in that moment, we sort of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You know, I play a Mandalorian. Um, I'm still alive. Um, <laughs> I'm free. <laughs> um, and I think it was probably about six months after that when, um, when we sort of got the call. The timeline is all crazy in my head. I seriously, because I lost last year. I don't even know what happened. Um, <laughs> right. I don't even know where we are anymore. But um, it was a, it was about, I think, six months later. And when I was asked to sit down with, with John Favreau and I remember like, I remember sitting in that meeting and like getting halfway through the meeting and still not realizing that he was talking about me being in the Mandalorian. And I don't know why I don't know. <laughs> I could have been, you know, intelligent enough just to look around and see the, the artwork on the walls, but I don't know. There was a part of me that was sort of like, maybe this was like a trial. Like he wanted to, you know, um, make sure that I wasn't insane or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but no, it was literally in that moment. So I was, I'm still shocked. Well, and, and what do you think, you know, since you have so much experience playing this character and voicing the character, what do you think was the, the biggest challenge or the biggest surprise of when you finally, you know, put on the armor, walked on set and then realized, oh, giving a, a live action performance as her is different from from voicing her? Yeah, it, you know, I, I think that I've said this before that I was drastically underprepared and I didn't know that. Um, it caught me off guard. You know, I memorized my dialogue. I obviously knew the backstory. Um, I was completely prepared, I thought, to play the character. And I showed up for my first day and I hadn't even considered how she was going to walk and talk because I'd seen her move in my head because I'd seen animated bow move. Um, and then I realized that Katie, you have never actually walked and talked as this person really at the same time. Um, and it, it took a, it took a second for me to figure it out. And thank God my first day was with Bryce Dallas Howard and, and she really, um, took the care and the time to, to not only help me get the nerves out of my system, cause I was incredibly nervous, um, but to settle down and find the character, because I, like I said, you know, I, I thought I already had. And, you know, so, since you uh, had the opportunity, you uh, got to, to bring this, this animated beloved character that you voiced into live action. Um, are there other, either as a fan or as a part of Star Wars, is there another like animated character that you would love to see brought to life for the Mandalorian, either just to watch or to actually get to interact with? Yeah, you know, I, I love Maul. Um, I think he's constantly coming back to life anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he's a hard guy to kill. He's a really hard guy to kill, so you never know. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, think, I think I would love to see some stuff with Pre Vizsla just to, I mean, that was such a fun storyline 
for Bo. Um, and it was such a fun sort of uh, glimpse into, you know, for, for fans who haven't seen Clone Wars and Rebels, you know, Bo-Katan didn't start out necessarily on the right side of things. Um, she thought she was, um, but, you know, um, and I think that, so I would recommend people go back and watch Clone Wars because I think that you, you can understand what I'm talking about. And that is that time with Vizsla that I think is important to, to who she is as a person and the growth that she's gone through. Um, and um, I would love to see that. You know, I, I, I love the dynamic um, between her sister. I love that. I love the idea that one person, that these are both um, women of royal blood. One became ruler and one didn't. And, and so it's like when you're second in line, it never crosses your mind that you're going to have to rule, you know, because the unthinkable has happened in that point, you know? And so when she lost her sister, that was a moment where you take a person who has, has been trained to be a warrior and, um, and, and make them realize that, that now they have to learn how to rule, which is not what Bo-Katan ever thought she was going to have to be, be doing. So um, I, I think those would be really fun things around Bo-Katan specifically to sort of go into, but that's all flashback stuff. Yeah. So well, and, and, you know, I can tell you're, you're dying to give spoilers about the future. I know we, one thing about Star Wars, you know, performers, they love to spoil things. We're not going to do that here. Let's No, let's, I am let's, so good at, at deflecting at this point. Like you can't, you can't get boo out of me. Well, that's, that's good. I'm not going to try it. So, so without giving any spoilers, uh, you know, has Dave or John already kind of said, like, we know when Bo is going to show up again and obviously don't say it, or if you're still waiting to find out when you might come back? No, I have no idea. And, and, <laughs> and, um, you know, the, the one thing that I do know is that, you know, um, one of the best and worst things that Filoni ever did back in the day was give me his phone number. Um, <laughs> so, so, one of the things that I love to do with him is we just text about Bo in general. You know, I, I love to know how it is she ended up where she's at right now because of where she started. Um, and, and I love to talk to him, him about the, the missing pieces to, to where she is now. And so I text him constantly. So I know all that stuff, but no, I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> Neither do I. I don't either. So don't try to get anything out of me. <laughs> um, and, and lastly, you know, kind of as we as we wind down here, since the world of Star Wars continues to expand so much with animation and live action, um, would you like to see Bo Katan like you know star in her own series, either animation or live action, or do you think she's a character who works better like kind of as that supporting? coming in and offering assistance to, to help a main character. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting thing because I love Bo and selfishly as the performer that gets to play her, I'm like, sure, let's do this. But at the same time, 
Bo fits very beautifully in the Mando world. Um, you know, that's not to say that she couldn't have shown up in, in these other things, but um, she fits beautifully as this, this character that, that is in that world right now. Um, and uh, it would just be selfish of me to want more. <laughs> well, I support it. If, if Dave asks you, tell him I, I give him my blessing. Thank you so much. I shall do that. I will tell him that we need the world according to Bo. And it's like, you know. <laughs> Listen, we've got the book of Boba Fett. Why not just the book of Bo? It's fewer you know, letters. Yeah, I will say that if, if they were going to do something like that, not to take myself out of it, but I would love to see early, early Bo, which, um, you know, there's, there's not enough Botox in the world to take me back there. So... <laughs> Right. That was our interview with Katie Sackoff. Thank you to Patrick for going out and nailing that one for us. We'll have the full interview with her up on comicbook.com where you can listen to it. Otherwise, thank you guys for riding with us. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. If you're just now getting in the show, we put up new episodes every Wednesday on comicbook.com. We're on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, where you can watch live when we stream each new episode. If you miss them, they're replayed on all those platforms. And you can get audio versions of the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or tell any of your smart home devices to play Comic Book Nation podcast. If you like this podcast, be sure to tune in to the Phase Zero podcast on Fridays. That is our Marvel-focused podcast with Brandon Davis. Oof. The Rough Riders are out. I think that's all. I think that's all we can legally sing. But uh, yeah, the Rough Riders are out. Janelle, like, was, was that you? Yes. People popping wheelies down your street, man. All right. I, I live downtown. That's <laughs> like I don't know yeah, what else to say. The Rough Riders territory. Um, all right, so people I guess don't we'll, care about we'll, quarantine. We'll just anymore. leave it right there. We're out here. We're in Nashville. We're just uh, down here with these Rough Riders <laughs> recording a geek podcast. That's how we do it. Comic Book Nation signing off. Peace. Deuces. Bye, guys.